Hey there, you're listening to Curb the Binge, the podcast. I'm your host, Katya Slavinskaya, and I'm here today to speak with you about one strategy that has been proven over and over in interviews done with happy people, you know, quote unquote, the people that have been considered um, the most happy, successful, most uh, constantly creative, innovating people in the world. And there's one thing that um, shows up as a pattern over and over again. And this is just something that happy people seem to know that um, that maybe some others of us don't know or don't regularly practice. And that is to do something that terrifies you every single day. The more that you do this, the more that you're going to let the energy in your life flow and you're going to feel life force flowing through you, which is the opposite of depression. It's the opposite of apathy. It's the opposite of not feeling alive. So why do we even not feel alive in the first place? Why do we get depressed? Why do we get um, stagnant? Well, most of us, most people make decisions based on logic. We make decisions that are the most sort of, um, you know, the, the most sort of likely to keep us safe, to keep the outcomes obvious, and we want good outcomes. And some of us get very, very good at um, creating predictable outcomes in our lives that actually you know, they, they are intended to keep us happy and safe, but the thing is they do keep us safe in some ways, right? Unpredictability and uncertainty is still always going to be a part of life. But the bottom line is they don't actually make us happy. We cannot be happy without risk. We cannot be happy without uncertainty. And when we're living life in a very, very logical, um, sort of way, when everything is a prescription, when everything is a formula, then, our relationships get stagnant, our own, most importantly, our own life force stagnates. I don't believe that we are built to stay safe. We have this incredible organism, this incredible mechanism uh, of the body, mind, spirit complex that we, um, that we've been given this incredible tool belt. And that's been given to us to go out there and have adventures, take risks, make new things happen, innovate, and try to solve interesting problems um, that we're always being presented with. So more than anything, I want to explore this question of how can we actually get out there, take risks, and, um, and stop following the norm. So one thing that I've been noticing lately is you know, things are always being formalized, like um, business, right? Business, there's always a new business course out there that has observed how the most successful businesses that are, you know, that are more most successful right now, how they've been doing business, how they're working it. And, and then they try to suss out what it is about the way that that person or those people or that company are doing business that's working. And then they teach that as though that's some kind of a tried and true formula. Well, the thing is that for most of us, 
this is, um, you know, this is appealing because we don't really want to tread our own path. And this, you know, I've been caught in the same thing. And I'm not saying that's bad. But what I do want to point to is that the people that are really, really making a difference and really kind of succeeding and doing amazing things in this world are the people that are doing things differently. So why is it? I mean, they're the ones that are innovating. They're not, you know, it's it's sort of this tricky combo of, yes, studying other people that are innovating, but then innovating yourself. And that just jumps right back to that in order to be happy, we do need to take these risks. We do need to grow. We do need to take leaps. We do need to take leaps of faith. Um, I was listening to an amazing TED Talk the other day. I'll link it underneath this podcast that's all about um, all about following your gut feeling. And honestly, some of the happiest people that I know live intuitively. And it's not that they're always happy um, because living intuitively does involve having more failures, but it involves having more successes too. Leaps of faith invite, you know, there's a, a Latin saying, fortune favors the bold, fortune favors the courageous. Um, so when we open ourselves to bigger experiences, yes, we do invite more failures, but we invite more successes too. The question becomes, do you want to be a human that lives a more broad range of emotions? Or do you want to be stuck in a very, very narrow range of emotions? And the thing is that, um, that if you narrow that range of emotions, you will save your say yourself from, you know, maybe a lot of pain or emotional upheaval, potentially, at least in the short term. But in the long term, you will be missing out on the joy because we cannot feel the joy if we cannot feel the sorrow. We cannot feel ecstasy if we have not experienced just earth shattering pain. Um, it's they go hand in hand. And are we going to say yes to all of it? Or are we going to say no to all of it or most of it? So here's the question. Um, and let me see if there's, is there really, you know, okay, so here's, here's one, one thing about that. Um, you know, what, what can you find? How many things can you find? How, how can you find something that terrifies you and do that every single day? I mean, that seems a little intimidating. Um, however, think about the little things. Like I remember going to a pool recently for my kid's birthday party, uh, or, or a party that my friend, my kid was invited to a friend. Um, and we were at a pool and there was a diving board and I thought back to how, as a kid, I had always been terrified of diving. I didn't say this publicly to anyone there, I don't think. Um, but I just realized for myself that I needed to do this. I just needed to get on that diving board and dive, like head first, you know, arms first into the water and, um, and do that. And the thing with these kind of experiences is that once we do them, they're never as scary as we thought they were going to be. And then we sort of get into this rhythm of, you know, kind of like playing bopamol of like um, attacking those experiences that scare us. 
so that we don't let them linger because the longer a fear lingers, the more it becomes, uh, it grows. Our imagination makes it seem more real and it makes it, you know, it convinces us that it's a bigger threat than it is. It becomes immeasurably um, bigger. And, you know, so I could have said as a kid, and I did for a while, you know, that diving is scary and that it, it was more dangerous than jumping into the water feet first, right? And so for so long, it was just something that I took for granted that diving into water was scarier than jumping than or than getting in in any other way. And and then, you know, one day, one day as an older person, I challenged that belief. Um, and once I challenged it, it's like it completely evaporated. It vaporized. I have, I just don't have that charge anymore. And this is what we're capable of as humans. We're incredibly dynamic, meaning we can change so much. We can change completely from moment to moment. All of our, you know, it, it takes a while for the cells to regenerate. It takes a while for the lining of the gut. Even it takes five days for you to completely build a new lining of your gut. Um, but but the reality is that every year, from year to year, you are a different human on a cellular level. And the only thing that perpetuates certain patterns, like the only reason that you go back to being the same size as you were last year, even if even though it's a size that you're not happy with potentially, is that the beliefs behind that remain the same. We perpetuate the same beliefs, we perpetuate the same patterns of thinking, and they shape our bodies, they shape our lives. So even though we had the opportunity to create a completely new body, a completely new shape, a completely new gut lining, a completely new digestive system, um, we chose unconsciously, however unconsciously, right? That's not on. Un- that's not an excuse. I'm not gonna use unconsciously as an excuse anymore. Um, I just don't think it's an excuse. So, but, but because we, you know, we chose. We chose to continue the same uh, patterns in ourselves via our thinking. So this is not, you know, I'm not feeding you some new age um, kind of self-hypnosis and even if it is you know the the thing is that this is scientifically proven this is scientifically proven through things like the placebo effect where somebody takes um a drug that's not a drug it's actually nothing it's not even you know there's not even sugar um and they create a stronger effect with that drug via their imagination and their belief than than if they took an actual pharmaceutical substance that was created by a pharmaceutical uh, company for a certain reason. So this is important stuff. This is important stuff that we need to pay attention to. There is inertia. There's inertia. There is a pull and a draw to our old unfulfilling patterns. And the only thing that will change that is when we wake up and actually see and choose, choose, to actually actively proactively make a different choice right to to do something different we can choose to have a different belief and um 
you know, as much as I talk about, I, I talk a lot about kind of how shame is uh, not helpful. That was one of my most recent articles on the website on curbthebinge.com. I talk a lot about how um, we can trust that over time our uh, crutches will fall away. And that's the case. But there's also at every moment an opportunity to choose 100% commitment to a different kind of life. And the only thing stopping us is the inertia, is the pull of our old unfulfilling patterns. They promise some kind of comfort and the comfort that they promise is the comfort of the known. So let me just tell you this, the comfort of the known will never bring you happiness. It will never bring you the joy and the feeling of being in the flow that we're many of us are looking for, right? Um, So we can choose comfort, we can choose the known, or we can choose flow to do something different, to take a leap of faith, to um, commit 100%. And that's another another quote that I read yesterday from Clayton Christensen, um, who's a leader, a religious leader, um, and, and a leader in other ways as well. I think he's, anyway, I don't know that much about him. He, um, he was saying, he says that 100% commitment is easier than 98% commitment. And, you know, for myself, I've been kind of teetering on the edge of 100% commitment to certain dietary changes. And those dietary changes are from Susan Pierce Thompson, who I love, who does bright line eating. And, um... And she says, you know, that there are a few bright lines, meaning rules that she just does not break, rules that she just does not, um, you know, lines that she just does not cross in her dietary approach. And she's lost, you know, a lot of weight in the past through this method. And she's also, um, she was an overeater and a binge eater from what I gather. And, And she kind of curbed that whole thing through this bright line approach that she um, created and developed. So the bright line, or rather, I think she adapted it from Overeaters Anonymous and then called it bright line eating and, you know, maybe did some of her own things. Hopefully one day I'll have her on the show and she can explain it herself. But here's the thing. She made these commitments and one of them is that she does not eat between mealtimes. She only eats meals, three meals a day. She plans them in advance and, um, and she doesn't eat in between, period. She eats until she's full. She has a certain amount of food that she measures on a scale, believe it or not, every meal. And she doesn't eat more than that and she doesn't eat between meals. And then the other thing is that she doesn't eat flour or sugar. And these are bright lines. She does not break these. And, um... And, you know, there's been a part of me that's really been flirting with this idea because it does appeal to me. And I've done it on many, many days, many, many days where I, you know, completely had a very, um, very structured approach to food. And I have to say it's created massive change, massive change in my day. I feel more productive. I feel more um, confident. I feel more clear about my agenda and what it is that I have to carry out and I'm more likely to actually do it and feel productive at the end of the day. 
Why is it that I don't do this every day? Well, the inertia of old unfulfilling patterns. They get to me, they come to me, and they, you know, they have me thinking all sorts of crazy things. They have me thinking, well, you know, why would I want to be so strict on myself? And, um, you know, that, that you can't really be happy. <laughs> yeah, this is another thought that I have. Um, that that crops up when I'm in that state of being pulled by that inertia is you can't really be happy when you're so strict on yourself. In fact, it's probably the opposite. I'm pretty sure it's the opposite. I'm far less happy when I um, am lax with my boundaries, when I'm lax with the guidelines that um, really kind of govern my day-to-day it's like the manager is out of the office when that happens right and then everyone's running amok and they might think that they're happy it might be a fulfilling experience for a, a very short while but ultimately it's actually a very um kind of ungrounding and um unsatisfying unsatisfying approach so at the end of the day, I've been, what I'm trying to say is I've been flirting with this idea of doing the bright line eating method. And, um, I decided to just do it. I decided to commit 100% to bringing in certain rules, structuring my eating in this way. And, I'm holding myself accountable to myself and now I'm also holding myself accountable to you because by making vows like this public, we really raise our chances of actually sticking with them. So 100% commitment is easier than 98% commitment. That 2% leaves us wondering, well, am I going to stick to it? Am I not going to stick to it? Am I going to stray? Um... But if we say, no, this is what I've decided, then the decision is made and it's very clear. And when we know what to do, we're happier beings than when we're wishy-washy. So there's my decision. I'm going to keep you posted on what, um, what evolves out of it. And of course, to bring this all back, this is a decision that is really, really terrifying to me. Um, it's letting go of my crutch cold Turkey, you know, and it's, even though it's not a crutch that I use very often anymore, it's one that has comforted me to know that it's there leaning on the wall. And I'm just basically throwing it into a river, letting it go wherever it may. Um, maybe someone else will pick it up. I hope not. I hope it just dissolves into the into the debris and into the, you know, becomes compost for something beautiful to arise. So there it is. The decision is made. It's public. I am going 100% with this commitment to eating three meals a day, no snacks in between, no flour, no sugar, and basically not, not binging, right? Having this be the way that I live from this day forward. So I want to hear from you. I want to hear what your comments are. This is, you know, this is 
this is it. This is transparency. This is um, me bringing to you exactly what's happening in my life right now as it happens. And I want to know from you, if you want to send me some words of support, encouragement, um, then I will always appreciate it because when we're mirrors for each other, right? All humans are mirrors for each other. So, you know, it's nothing more and nothing less. If we support each other, we just can go so much farther and I will support you, I promise, in any way I can for the rest of this journey. I love you. I'm grateful for you. And I wish you an amazingly fulfilling life every day.